You're listening to Simple Words Radio, episode number 101. And today is all about soul food. Welcome to Simple Roots Radio with Alexa Sherm. Alexa believes that simplicity in life is the key to achieving true and lasting health. And now your host, Alexa Sherm. Welcome back to this podcast. I'm your host, Alexa. And as always, this is the place to get healthy, live happy, and find more joy. Today, we're talking about all three and this very important, if not the most important episode ever, all on soul food and why your faith matters so much to your health. I can't wait to dig into this because over the last few years, this has really become a huge passion of mine as I've looked at health and I've taken a few steps back or a hundred giant steps back and kind of zoomed out on what is happening with health today and why is it such a struggle? So today we're gonna get into that what the faith and health connection is, and how you can nourish your soul for better health. So I'm excited to dig in, but before we get started, I just want to remind you that we are 100 episodes in, which means we have those very special giveaways going on over in the show notes. So if you want to be a part of the giveaway, make sure that you leave a rating or review. Yes, I talk about it all the time, but it really is the lifeblood of the show. It means so much to me and to iTunes because it helps other people who wouldn't otherwise find it be able to do so. That's how iTunes ranks you and pulls you up in the search history for other users to find shows like this and join our community of like-minded people who are on a mission to live with health rather than for it. So if you haven't signed up for a giveaway, we're giving one prize away all month long. So that's four different prizes. You just want to head over there, simpleritswellness.com. Check that out. Figure out how to sign up there and you'll be entered to win. Not to mention, there is all kinds of good stuff happening over at simpleritswellness.com. For every single episode, I include a blog post that's a little bit different than what we talk about here, but applies. So it's kind of like the action steps laid out more clearly, generally with a free handout that you can use to really take this information and put it into action in your own life. So make sure that you head on over to the show notes. They can always be found at simpleritswellness.com backslash followed by the episode number. So for this episode, it's simpleritswellness.com backslash 101. And I still can't believe we're in three digits, but I'm so excited about it. So make sure you head on over there, get all the information and some additional information on nourishing your soul and what that looks like. But before we get started, I do wanna tell you about one thing that's coming up, and that's the Simple Cleanse. Yes, summer is nearly to an end. I'm thinking about going back to school. We bought school supplies. I mean, just the whole change of August is happening. And I feel like August is this massive time to just recreate your schedule and make healthier changes and kind of incorporate what you've been wanting to do, but maybe haven't had time all summer long. Even though I always look at summer and think, I'm gonna have all the time in the world. And then it gets here and I think, wow, where did summer go? And I had no time at all. So fall is a really great time to do that. And it's a great time to get back on track, not only with our our health, but our whole life in general. And here's the thing, I'm starting the Simple Cleanse, we're going through it as a group together. So if you've already purchased the Simple Cleanse, you have to be in September, the week after Labor Day is when we're officially starting. But if you've never been a part of the Simple Cleanse and you wanna know more, basically it's an entire lifestyle approach to detoxifying the body. It doesn't include any supplements or tinctures or anything crazy like that, but it just 
breaks it down into easy steps that you can take to really do a deep cleanse, not just of your body, but of your mind as well. And as we go through that, I'm gonna be offering some special classes that are just for those people who are signed up for the Simple Cleanse. So if you wanna know more, head on over to simplerootswellness.com and find out more about the Simple Cleanse because we are starting the week after Labor Day. There's gonna be a lot more information to come, but I would love for you to join me in that um, and getting back on track. Just a little fun fact of the day, your body actually loses weight and detoxifies better during transitional seasons, which we consider the transitional seasons in health is fall and spring. Generally, when you would think about, quote unquote, cleaning out your house or spring cleaning your house or deep cleaning your house are during those seasons. The winter and the summer, we really see a lot more maintenance in our body, but those transitional seasons are a great way to come behind the seasons of life and your culture and and really make huge changes. So I'm telling you, it's the prime season to get your health back on track, maybe lose a few pounds, really do the emotional detox and get yourself fired up because the holidays are not that far away. And if you hate me for saying that, I'm sorry, but it's real, right? Like they're gonna be here before we know it. So why not slow down, take some time to enjoy it and really get back in touch with ourselves. So that's a lot of information, but I hope you head on over there and check out the website, sign up for that free giveaway. And if you haven't, sign up for that Simple Cleanse because there's a lot of good stuff coming your way. Okay, now we're gonna get to today's episode. It's all on soul food and the faith and health connection. Now, if you've been listening, you know I've been dabbling and kind of throwing in podcasts that have a faith emphasis to them, but I've not taken the deep dive into say, this is why it matters and this is why we have to include this in our health because at the end of the day, I'm gonna come out and say it. I believe that your faith, your spirituality, your belief system is the foundational component to health. And I really believe that because as as I zoomed out, right, like I took so many years to say, okay, I've studied nutrition, I've done exercise, like I put it all together, but there's still a missing component. There's still a missing link. And yes, it comes down to the mind, but if we really dig into the mind, we have to understand that our mind is just based off our belief system. And our belief system really comes from our heart, right? Like what is it in our heart? And that translates to what we believe and what we think about and our subconscious and unconscious and all of that, which ends up coming out in actions. And those actions are either going to be positive or negative um, are going to help catapult you forward or they're not. And so when we look at the root and we talk about this last week, when we talk about habit formation, it really stems from your belief system, from your identity and what you stand on. And to me, I think from doing the research and learning about this in my own life, There's a lot of unknowns in this life, but there is one known that we can constantly stand on, and that is our faith in God, faith in our creator, the one who made us all, made everything as higher and greater than anything. And at the end of the day, we can rest in that because what we're learning, and if you study the research, that the disconnect we see and people who don't have a foundation in faith, or maybe you do and you just don't foster that, like you don't think of that. It's kind of like your weakest link, which is an episode we're gonna talk about next week, but you just kind of let it slide. That really is the foundational, transitional heart thing that we gotta wrap ourselves around and live for, not for your health, not for your dreams, but live for that because that will change everything. So we're gonna dive into that today. And I'm super excited. Now, if you're listening and you don't believe in God or you don't believe in anything or your spirituality is different, that is 
Totally fine. I'm so glad you're here and listening in because I think this applies. I am going to reference what I believe, and that is in Jesus and in the Savior and the redemption story. And I'm going to share more about that at the end. But really, at the end of the day, I'm not here to judge sin issues or to tell you right and wrong or to get into the mix of religion because religion can still seem like it's failing us. But really, at the end of the day, it all comes down to a belief. And my belief is that there is a God who loves us, who has his best interest in mind for us, and really, at the end of the day, gives us hope and eternity. And that all boils down. So like I said, if you don't believe in the same God that I believe in, I still encourage you to stay tuned, to listen in, because this matters more than about anything else in health. I'm going to share more about my belief in Jesus at the end of the podcast. But in the meantime, let's just dig into the science, because we can lay it all out, no matter what you believe in, in the science of what the research is saying about how important spirituality is and health. So let's get started and do that. Oh, but I forgot to mention, I really love this quote from John Piper, and I think it sums it up best. And why I believe this topic is so important, even more than health, is your eternity is 10 million times more important than whether you will get well now. What matters is if you get well eventually and stay well forever, satisfied not mainly by God's gifts, but by God himself. And I just love that quote because it comes in and says like, this world, there is going to be suffering. There is going to be sickness and heartache. And sometimes there aren't a lot of answers. And I get emails all the time about being at the end of the rope or not knowing what to do. And I even look at my own health journey and think, man, I know a lot and I'm still on a journey to healing. Like I'm not even there yet. And I question it and I question why it's so difficult, but it always goes back to my belief and my hope that there is something greater and someday you believe in Jesus, you will be healed and you'll be healed forever. So it really comes down to there's a hope. There's a hope in something more. And you're going to find that being a theme throughout. So the science. Over the past few decades, scientists have really taken a deep interest in examining the effects of spirituality on health. There's a lot of research and you can just Google search spirituality and health or faith and beliefs in your health. And you can come up with all kinds of research studies that are happening all over the world on this subject. And there's mounting evidence that points to the idea that the greater the spirituality correlates with better mental health and greater behavior change. So the more spiritual or the more invested in in religion someone is, the healthier that human being will be and the better their mindset is. In fact, studies show that a spiritual outlook of some kind makes humans more resilient to trauma and less inducive to death. (laughs) I mean, pretty big, right? Okay, so if if we take this a little bit further and look at some specific studies, there was a recent analysis of over 450 studies that found a strong correlation between improved coping with adversity and greater spirituality and people dealing with a variety of stressful situations, including illness. The same author found evidence of a positive association between spirituality and happiness, a sense of well-being, optimism, and better social support. So really, I think what that study is showing is that when we add that component of spirituality, it really pulls everything together. And without that component, and why I believe it's the foundational component, is that without that, there's really nothing for these other pillars that we have, like relationships and our finances and your health and your exercise program to stand on, right? There's there's no central spoke or there's no identity to it. And so what happens, if we go back to last week's podcast on building habits, is that we start creating our 
habits or we start creating our goals based on our appearance or our performance, which we know aren't lasting, right? We start looking at the external view of ourselves rather than going to those deep places and looking at the heart of the issue. But what we know about that is that's temporary fix. Like that's temporary satisfaction, gratification, whatever you want to say it. But that won't last. And that's why when I look at this, I think, why are 98 to 99% of all diets failing? Like there has to be a reason because health was not meant to be this difficult. We were designed to live with health. Like we were designed in health. So why is it this difficult? And really when we dig into that, we can see because we're working at the surface level, we're trying to make change from the outside in, but the only way to make lasting change is to start at the core of who you are and your heart issues, and your identity, and your beliefs. And that's what they're finding in the research, is this is the central component that kind of pulls everything together. So when we have all these segmented systems, like your digestive system and your cardiovascular system, the thing that pulls them all together is really that spirituality component or that mentality that makes it all work in harmony. There's been countless other studies that have shown positive trends toward healthier behaviors and better physical and mental health with greater spirituality. I mean, just over and over and over. Like science says, spiritual people of all sorts are more likely to have happier brains, healthier bodies, and longer lifespans. And this is because when we focus your mind on God, you are able to get out of yourself, your rut, your negative thoughts, and transition them into hope. And that's the key of this podcast, is that the mental health in all areas has a foundation I should say healthy mental health has a foundation in hope. The human psyche is designed to operate in hope. The more hopeful we are, the more mentally healthy we are, the less hopeful we are, the more things fall apart on us. And I think that we can all encounter this. Like I know personally, when I'm really living off my beliefs, when I I use this, what used to be my weakest link, and that was my spirituality and really investing in prayer and worship and all of that, once I really started to do that, there was a lot greater hope than when I didn't. I mean, I started to transition and view my body differently, not look so much at the outward appearance of it and start to think, wow, like I am really blessed because of this. Like I have strong gifting. I started to see the positive, not just in myself, but in the world in general. And that's the thing. This world can be a really scary place. And I get that. There's a lot of chaos and there's a lot of confusion happening. And that creates a sense of hopelessness in us. And that relates to all areas of life. Like it's like the rabbit trail, the never ending vicious cycle. Once you get on that hopeless train, then you start Google searching things and you start diagnosing yourself with all these things and the world is gonna end and and all these things lead to destruction, right? Like that is hopelessness at its finest. And I think that we've all been there at some point or another, at least I have done my fair share there. But, But again, the human psyche is designed to operate on hope. Our bodies are designed to operate on hope. Our psyches, our inner selves, our souls are hope machines, and they burn hope like our bodies burn energy, and I think this is really fascinating. So just like our bodies need food for energy, right? Like our bodies are constantly burning energies, our psyche or our mind are burning on hope. And the more hope that we have, the healthier our body will be, and the more vibrant and energized will be. But like our bodies, when we run low on energy, when we run low on hope, we too grow faint and we grow discouraged and we become desperate, lonely, confused people, right? So here's the thing. Hope is the foundation of health. Hope is the foundation of health. I'm gonna say it again. Hope is the foundation of health. And we really have to get ourselves to that place 
Because the world tells us the outward appearance makes all the difference and they sell all of their products out here, it doesn't mean that that's going to radiate within us. Like it's very hard to go from the outward, the appearance level into the performance level, let alone into the identity. Rarely does our identity change based on how we want our appearance to change. It always stems from our identity changing to correlating to our appearance changing. So how do we get more hope? And this is where the spirituality component comes in. This is where they're finding all the health benefits and all the studies is this component of health. Whenever we have hopeful thoughts, whenever we pray or we meditate or or we read our Bibles or we worship, we're actually stimulating reward centers in our brain and other places of our brain, like our frontal lobe, are activated. And this causes us to see the world through the lens of wonder and possibility rather than as fearful, threatening, and full of chaos. So it's changing the reward center. So when we're not responding in hopefulness, like our body was designed to, then we aren't stimulating those parts of the brain that are giving us those satisfying feelings. And oftentimes we turn them on or we attempt to turn them on temporarily through other means like drugs and alcohol and um, gambling and and even looking at your phone or being obsessive or whatever the addiction is, that can turn on those same centers, but not all of the same centers that hopefulness does. That's why it leads to an initial reward, but long-term it leads to guilt and shame and hopelessness. So while it's a temporary Band-Aid solution to turn on reward centers, what they're finding in these brain scans is, is that when someone has the hope of a future, has hope of eternity, it turns on more brain centers that really do work together. And I'm gonna get into some more specifics of those in a second, that really do work together to not only give you the reward of that, but to give you the longevity of that, where it correlates to other aspects of your life, reducing stress, helping you to cope better, increasing your immune system, leading to peace and harmony in your life, and really, again, making all the systems work together rather than just slapping a reward on it, but having all the stress mechanisms firing like these other means to pacify our reward centers. What we're going for oftentimes is that satisfaction in something of the world, which will never happen. So here's the deal. Hope comes from a future. It comes from looking at our future. It doesn't come from our past. Yes, we can be grateful for our past. We can be ashamed of our past, whatever. The past is the past. And I'm not saying we shouldn't deal with that. I think that's really, really important. And we're going to talk about that in another podcast. But hope When we see it moving forward, even in dealing with the past, we have a hope of something better. That's how you deal with the past, right? Like if it wasn't great and if there's something holding you back or something happened to you or you did something, if you're ashamed of something or you're guilty or you wish you wouldn't have done something, I mean, all these things that we could have in our past, those aren't obviously hopeful. They're not driving you forward. But the only way to really deal with them is to have a hope in something more, to say, okay, if I deal with these, then I'm hopeful that it will help me to become the person I can or live with more passion or to let go so I can really move forward. So the people who deal with those often are the ones who are most hopeful about moving forward. It's the people who get caught up in those that don't have a hope of the future. And therefore, they're just kind of reliving their past over and over and over, and it's just this vicious cycle of negativity. So hope can only be found in the future. And I'm a futuristic person. I like to think and to dream and to plan. Um, And this is a really great thing. But I think we can look at the future in multiple different lights of, I really hope, or this is my dream, and it's not the same kind of hope. Now, I think there's multiple levels of hope of dreaming and wishing and planning for your future and really just having hope that, 
there is a God who created all things, who is above all things, and who's in charge of all things, and therefore I don't have to worry about anything. And that's two different types of hope. And we're talking more about the religious, spiritual, faith-based hope that we talk about. So that's, that's hope. And the truth is that we are all designed to be hopeful. And so when you go back to these brain scans, there's a researcher, and he does research based on health and spirituality. He's written many different books, Neurotheology, that starts to link how our brain works based on spirituality. And his name is Andrew Newberg. He's the director of research at the Jefferson, Jefferson Myrna Bryan Center of Integrative Medicine in Philadelphia's. And his work is to point back to the fact that the human brain is hardwired for faith. Like I said, our brain is designed to be hopeful. We're hardwired for faith. To take some of his work and just quickly lay it out, one of his most known studies has been done on the power of prayer, and he's found that prayer makes a noticeable difference in the psychological functioning of the brain. He states, as you grow spiritually, as you change your beliefs, as you enhance your senses and compassion, for instance, this affects the brain. If you practice prayer a lot, the data shows that you can actually change your brain over time, specifically in the regions of your frontal lobe, as well as the thalamus, or the part of the brain that helps us to interconnect. So the frontal lobe is the area of your brain that's involved in compassion and positive emotions. The thalamus is the part of the brain that helps us to interconnect. So you can see, not only is it stimulating reward centers, but it's stimulating the frontal lobe, which helps us to become more involved and more compassionate and serving others. And the thalamus, which helps us to interconnect, to be more self-aware of our body, to feel more things and notice more things and act on those things. Technically, he's giving us more feelings. He then goes on to say, we have found that faith in its broadest sense is the best thing you can have for the brain. Not only is religious faith good for the brain, but it's good for the entire body. Like I said, it's a future, the holding on hope that changes us. And this isn't just thought, and this isn't just Christianity or spirituality coming to attack you. This is true research to science. Backing this up is that spirituality, faith, Having a belief in a greater power is the healthiest thing that we can do for our body. And in that, if we really grasp that and change the heart, which is the root of the issue, it changes our mind, which changes our actions and our outward appearance. We know that from looking at habit change and all that we've talked about, right? Our body is driven based on emotion. And we know that the emotion that creates the most change now is that of hope. We were designed to be hopeful, and in that hope, we see massive, massive changes in health. And I really believe this makes health easy, or at least easier, right? I think hope gives us the ability to see our health with a new lens, or at least I hope it does, and I I hope that's what you find as encouragement in this podcast. So how do we get more hope, right? Well, hope generally comes from promises. As the Bible states, we are not designed to live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Hope generally comes, again, from a redemptive story, good news, from promises that there is something better to come. So while, again, some people believe that religion damages us, what really is damaging us is just a lack of belief, just unbelief in general causes that. And being unhinged from God, our hearts, our minds, and our bodies become restless. And the more unbelief that is operating in us, the more disorder and mentally unhealthy we become. But the more we trust in God and His promises, the more that we have hope, no matter what our circumstances are, and no matter how bleak things look at the moment, we still will move forward in progress. And that's why we have to nourish our soul. So all of that to say is that 
Just like you are what you eat, the same goes for soul food. You are what you put in. So when feeding the body, we know that there's healthy food and junk food, and we need to start taking a greater thought at what is this junk soul food that we're providing our body and how can we turn it into health food? Not everything that promises happiness will bring it. In fact, most things that promise happiness probably won't bring it. It'll bring an empty feeling that really is void of any satisfaction that you're looking for. So take, for instance, most diets, if we relate this back to health, right? They're promising you happiness when you lose X number of pounds, or happiness is when you fit into a certain size of jeans, or happiness is when you look a certain way. But I can assure you that I've watched a lot of people get to their goal weight and they aren't any happier than when they started. In fact, most people are more void because they thought it was going to bring happiness and the expectation wasn't meant and therefore they're left more disappointed than when they start. Again, a huge vicious circle. Most things that promise happiness will never deliver the happiness and in the end can lead to hopelessness. So rather than trying to find happiness, in our diet, in our appearance, in our health, we have to find happiness in our hope, in our hope of eternity, in our hope of religion, in our spirituality, in our beliefs. That is where we find our happiness. That is where we're satisfied. And once we're satisfied, we can see great change and change that doesn't bother us, right? Things that once were a struggle, like maybe changing what you eat or exercising and the guilt and the shame that were carried with it, you no longer have to carry it because freedom and health doesn't come from just stopping dieting. Freedom and health comes from freedom and life, and that's through Christ and believing that there is hope in eternity. So it's not about finding happiness in all the right places. It's not about doing all this self-awareness stuff, which all ultimately leads to self-avoidance. Soul food is vital to our health, even more so than physical food. So we have to start learning how can we provide soul food. And I'm gonna give you six ways that we can provide more soul food to our body and really see this radiate throughout all areas of life. Again, because this is the central spoke in everything that we do, you will see changes, massive changes in everything. So how do we break out of consuming junk food? It takes eating real food to develop a taste for real food. Like it takes testing the waters and trying this stuff out. It's not an overnight fix. It's not a pill. It's not an instantaneous change. It's a journey. And it's a slow progression of really tasting it. And the more you taste it, the more that you want it. Because at the end of the day, Jesus is our only true elixir. Like there is no potion more powerful than him. As Dave Mathis writes, grace is too strong to leave us passive, too potent to let us wallow in the mirror of sin and weakness. My grace is sufficient for you, Jesus says, for my power is made perfect in weakness. It is the grace of God that gives us his means of grace for our ongoing perseverance and growth and joy this side of the coming new creation. And the grace of God inspires and empowers the various habits and practices by which we avail ourselves of God's means. We find rest, we find hope, we find happiness and joy and health right there. Yes, there are a lot of other ways to get it. There are a lot of ways that we could change our diet and focus on exercise and little simple things that we can do. And I think those are great. I think physical health is extremely important, but not more important than spiritual health. And that's why we're talking about this because it's easy to overlook. It's easy to brush under the rug and not think it's important. It's easy to keep slapping the bandaid on or looking for the quick fix or promising the happiness that those magazines are telling you that their new diet or new strategy will provide. It's harder to dig in and to really uncover what is it that you believe and live for those beliefs. 
Remember, hope comes from promises. And so we have to rest in the promises that there is something greater, and that is so important. Before I tell you some of those promises, I wanna give you six ways that working on this will change your health and four ways to get started. So first up, one, it restores your purpose. It renews who you are, and it helps you to identify your your values, your beliefs, and who you are at the core, your identity. And through this, we know that once you know your identity, you you can create emotions based on that, which, which radiates out into your performance and your appearance. Number two, it is so important in relational health, which is, again, a topic that I want to dive more into because it's so important that the toxicity of relationships and the health of relationships really is correlated to the health or the toxicity of your own life. And so uh, having more religion or spirituality is a really, really important in the relational component of that. And that really changes your mindset, which helps brings us to the number three, provides more hope. And that hope provides resilience and desire and motivation to keep moving forward. Number four is it helps you manage stress. Yes, those people who believe in something greater have less stress. They tend to cope with stress better. Um, It's not that they encounter less stress throughout the day. It's just that they cope with stress and they manage stress better and it doesn't become so dangerous and toxic in their life. Number five is it improves your immune function. As Kelly Turner, a New York-based cancer researcher states, when you are in deep prayer meditation, your fight or flight responses goes off and your rest and repair turns on. This allows your immune system to supercharge your whole body and is incredibly healing whether you are under stress or have an actual illness or are trying to prevent illness or stress altogether. I mean, it really is crazy the brain scans and the research they're doing and just a totally different body experience when we're in prayer and when we're in worship and and we're resting in those places. It really does change the physiological response and neurotransmitters and the hormones that are released in the body. This isn't just thought-based, right? I think, again, we have to go back to the basics and know that our thoughts are not just things, but they're things that influence a host of other things, right? They're not just things that are happening in our mind and are static there, They are really influencing everything about ourselves. And that brings us to number six is that spirituality and and faith help enhance your ability to think clearly and positively. As Dr. Gail Gross says, you can relax and are not distracted by negative thoughts when you're focused on your faith. She explains, your blood pressure levels go down and blood flow to the brain increases so your memory gets better and your thinking becomes clearer. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. Those are just six things that... I think that we can clearly all see based on this podcast that are really changing our health in general. Just the component of faith matters so much. So how do we add more spirituality? How do we how do we deepen our faith? How do we use this for better health? One is to know what it is that you really believe. I think we have to look at God, Jesus, and his love for you. We have to start gazing at him, not at religion, not at rules, not at all of the thought about religion, but really just start and back up and look, who is God and what does he mean? Dig into the Bible to find your beliefs and really make your faith your own is a huge, huge first step. Number two is to find a community, your local church, uh, 
integrating into a group of people, of like-minded people who can help you. I think this is one of the most powerful things that I notice in my own life and I see in others is just will it being willing to immerse yourself into people who believe the same things that you do, who can help you, who can encourage you when you're down and really spur you on in the right direction rather than enabling you to stay where you are. You are like your five closest friends, so immerse yourself in those people. Again, finding a local church and a community that can really help you do that. Number three is to pr- to pray, to read, to worship, to really fill yourself. Because we can't serve out an empty vessel. We can't even start with an empty vessel. We really have to fill our cup up in order to give, in order to have health, in order to live in happiness and in joy. So we have to fill ourselves up and make this a priority. Maybe the first thing that you do every day, or at least every day, praying, worshiping, really uncovering that and taking time for that. And number four is to let go of the perfect life. We aren't perfect. We're all sinners. We all make mistakes. Our health will never be perfect. Our life, our relationships will never be perfect. But rather than focusing on what I call the quote unquote fantasy life, focus on just growth. Like being willing to know that life isn't perfect, but being willing to go through things and grow in them and to develop and just step on this journey. So letting go of perfection, the overnight response, trying to be the best, Pinterest worthy, um, fit into social media, and instead just be you, do you. And remember God's promises, because if we get there, if we go back to the beginning and we understand that God is the God who created everything, he sent his son to die on the cross for us, he saved us of our sins, and so that we may have eternal life. And it's just our job to respond. And we can do that by remembering his promises. So if you need a little hope today, here's some of God's promises. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And here, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. And again, like I said, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of more. So again, whether you believe in this or you believe not, I believe that there is a God who created all things, who's the savior of all things, and there is hope and eternity. We just have to enter in and accept his love for us. We have to accept that he died to save us of our imperfections and that we no longer have to be perfect, but that we can live in hope, knowing that there is something more. And that hope helps push you on and the sufferings and the hard things and the good things and helps you to see the world through a different lens and to see your health through a different lens. And that can make all the difference. So like I said, I'm going to be sharing more about how you can incorporate more soul food into your life, but it really isn't anything hard. Most of the mindset things I feel like are really easy things, sometimes so easy that it's easy to overlook them. But I encourage you that if you don't have a faith, like if spirituality is not your thing, dig in. Ask yourself why and and really seek some answers. Seek some guidance, someone to come alongside you and help walk this journey. And if nothing else, if you're not a religious person, if it's hurt you, remember, it's not the religion that hurt that's hurt you. It's the unbelief. And people will always fail you, but God never will. So rather than looking at the world, look up. As my friend Carlos Whitaker says, glance at life and gaze at God. That's where we should fix our hope. And in that hope, it can change everything. So thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Next week, we're going to dive into something on a similar path, but a little bit different, getting back more into the health of the body, and that's overcoming the biggest obstacle in lasting health, which is your weakest link. So stay tuned for that. Thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. 
I would encourage you that if you have questions, if you don't know what your faith is, if you're wondering how you even become a follower of Christ and have this hope, please send me an email. It is not that difficult. All it takes is saying a prayer. God, I know you. I trust in you. I want to follow you all the days of my life. I want your hope and I want to live with you in eternity. And I'm willing to be here living this life for you. Just look to him again, gaze at him, glance at life. But if you want to know more, please send me an email. Let me know what you thought of this podcast. My email is alexa at simplerootswellness.com. Like I said, I know not everyone's going to agree with what I said here, but at the bottom line is the research doesn't lie. Our faith changes our health. And that's the bottom line. It's a missing component. And I think that we need to talk more about it and make it more common, kind of create a revival in this area because without it, we'll always kind of be void of what is that foundational spoke that really could pull it all together. So make sure you stay tuned next week. This will make more sense when we talk about your weakest link and fostering that and how so many people are strengthening their strongest links and wondering why it's not working. So stay tuned. I have more practical information coming up next week. It's going to be a really great episode. And don't forget to go back and listen to the other episodes in this mindset series, because what we learned then when we start way back there is that what we think affects every single cell in our body and can change our biology. So this really, really does matter. And I believe, again, this is just the heart of the issue. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in. Stay tuned next week. Don't forget to head to the show notes that goes along with this to give you more practical advice to use this in your life. And make sure you check out those ranch fries that I just posted. One of my all-time favorite recipes that I'm eating right now is simple, three-ingredient, crispy ranch fries. They are so good. And I know you're going to love them too. So stay tuned for that. In the meantime, thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget to let me know what you thought of today's podcast. If you have questions or if you'd like to know more about deepening your faith, please email me at alexa at simplehurtswellness.com. In the meantime, I'll see you back here next week.